0: J. Michael Edwards welcoming you back for another spellbinding presentation of the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. In today's lesson, Pastor Don teaches on the destruction of that great city Babylon in a lesson entitled, The Judgment of the Babylonian Harlot. If you are weary of all the destruction and plagues we've been learning about, hang on, because in the next few lessons we turn the corner and we'll be getting a view on the blessings of heaven. Take your seats and get ready to follow along Thank you mr. Announcer man. <clears throat> well done, well done, well done uh well, if you've been following along closely, I apologize for the uh for the silent period as uh when I was in the coast Guard as a radioman uh every hour there would be a silent period where if there was a mayday or an s o s during that uh, five-minute silent period, they would know that they could send that SOS and there would be no other traffic on there. So I apologize for that silent period, a little bit different kind there. I am, it is the 20, actually, it is the 29th today. And I've got, I think we got six or seven lessons left. And I'm gonna try really hard. Hopefully I'll have a voice to do that uh, between, uh, between preaching. I'm now preaching three or four times a week, uh, depending on, uh, on what's going on, and so uh, this, (laughs) you can probably hear it in my voice, and I've got a priest tonight too. uh, So anyway, we're going to take a look at the judgment of the Babylonian harlot. The judgment of the Babylonian harlot. This is episode number 41, and uh, we're going to read from Revelation 17 verses 1 through 18. And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come, hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple, scarlet color, and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore didst thou marvel? I will tell thee the mystery of the woman, and of the beast that carrieth her, which hath the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shalt ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. They that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose names were not written in the book of life found from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was, and is not, and yet is. And here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains, on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet to come. And... When he cometh, he must continue a short space, and the beast that was, and is not, even he is the eighth, and is of the seven, and goeth into perdition. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet, but receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind, and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with him are called, and chosen, and faithful. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues, and the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast, These shall hate the whore, and shall make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will, and to agree and give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman which thou sawest is thy great city, which reigneth over the kings of earth." Father, help us to understand uh, these these mysterious words. Uh, Father, help me to um, to teach this lesson. Father, give me clarity. Uh, I pray that you help my voice to uh, just to hang in there father and just uh i pray now that you give us wisdom on these uh, uh in this lesson in jesus name amen Well, that was a lot wasn't it uh, uh, some very interesting uh words let's let's break it down in chapter 16 we witnessed the final judgment of god against this world we saw god destroy the world through a series of powerful plagues We also witness the defiance of fallen man. Even in the face of judgment, man refuses to repent. Of course, this this should not surprise us. Man refused to repent in the face of law and man has refused to repent in this age of grace. Man is an incorrigible sinner and apart from the grace of God, mankind is hopelessly lost. The last plague in Revelation sixteen, seventeen, 17-21 brought about a great earthquake that destroyed the cities of the world. This final great quake devastated all the places that man had created. This earthquake destroyed everything that represented the great accomplishments of humanity. All of mankind's centers of pleasure and profit are wiped out. Since the dawn of time, man has been in the business of trying to get by without God. Man rests on his power, on his accomplishments, on his ability to produce, and on his ability to enjoy pleasure. In that last great judgment, everything man trusts is taken away. We are also told that the great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Babylon is a city, but it's also a system. Babylon represents everything mankind has accomplished apart from God. This system is judged in the 7th bold judgment. What we have in chapters 17 and 18 is another parenthetical pause. These two chapters give us the details of the destruction of the Babylonian system. Chapter 17 we will see the destruction of religion, I'm sorry, the destruction of religious Babylon. In chapter 18 we will see the destruction of economic Babylon. So Let's walk through these verses today and seek to gain some insight into them. So let's, let's take a look at this idea of the judgment of the Babylonian harlot. Notice the facts that this passage reveals. The Babylonian harlot is described. The first verse tells us that we're going to witness the judgment of the great whore. The word whore is a word that we do not use in decent company, but it is a word used in the Bible, so we must deal with it. It translates from the Greek word porne, which refers to a woman who sells her body for sexual uses, a harlot, or a prostitute. It also refers to a woman who is an idolatress. In this passage, the word refers to, I'm sorry, in this passage, the word refers to the whole system of false religion embraced by the world. These verses teach us about this system of false religion and how it will be judged someday. First of all, we see the scope of this vision. We are told that the harlot sitteth upon many waters. Verse 15 gives us the commentary on this verse. What we see here is a one world religious system. Right now there are thousands of religions on this planet and there is little agreement between them. I might say there is no agreement. The primary religious religions recognized by most people are Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, and Hinduism. Most of the world's population observes one of these religions. There will come a day when all the religions of the world will be brought together under one banner. The Antichrist, or a false prophet, will have a plan that will iron out all the differences between these systems of belief. One day there will be a one world religion. There is already a great push in that direction now. There is an ecumenical movement working in our day that is seeking to bring all the religions of the world together. Christianity is different from all other religions on the earth because it is not really a religion. It is a faith. When the rapture occurs, all true Christians, and let me emphasize that, all true Christians will be removed from this world. What will be left will be those who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. You can read about that in 2 Timothy 3 verses 1 through 5. These people, who have this form of godliness, will be easy prey for the devil and the demonic religion. We see the seduction of this system. According to verse 2, the entire world will come under a spell of a great end time religion. Kings and world leaders will be a part of the movement. The whole world will be intoxicated by the teaching of this false system of belief. Like a slick seductress, This great harlot will seduce the world with her promises and her power." And then we see the supporters of this system. This harlot is supported by Antichrist. Antichrist is the beast and he carries this religious system to great power in the world. The phrase, full of names of blasphemies, reminds us that the Antichrist will set himself up as God. He will enter the Jewish temple and he will demand that the world worship Him, 2 Thessalonians verses 3 and 4. He will demand worship, and a deluded world will give Him what He desires. 2 Thessalonians 2.11 says, And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion, that they should believe a lie. He will give this religion His power. According to verse 9, this system sits on seven hills. This could be a reference to ancient Rome, which was built on seven hills. Some people think this is a reference ties this system into Roman Catholicism. However, the Seven Hills could be a reference to the Seven Continents, which would indicate that this system is a worldwide phenomenon. There is a tendency to try and figure out which religion this passage is referring to. I believe that it could be Roman Catholicism, um, it could be Mormonism, it could be Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, could be Muslims, Presbyterians, Methodists, Church of God, and yeah, it could even be the Baptists. I believe the final construction of this end-time religion is best fit, I'm sorry, best left in the hands of our Lord. Then we see the success of this system. It's just as a prostitute usually dresses provocatively, to draw attention to herself, so does this false religious system. This religion wears the colors purple and scarlet. These are the colors of royalty and nobility. She is decked with gold and precious stones and pearls. This speaks to her wealth and prosperity. This system will be wealthy beyond words. And this is true of many great religious systems today. Man, there is big money on religion. Some people grow very wealthy at the expense of others. And I could I could name some, but uh, Joel Osteen would be upset with me. Ah. Uh, <laughs> The Bible tells us that this system is well connected and prosperous, but it is all pretense. This harlot holds in her hands a golden cup full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. While this religion appears healthy and good and prospers to the outside, it is really filled with corruption. It is an abomination to God. There is a danger as any church or denomination grows that it will thrive on its prosperity and forget its allegiance to the Lord. There is a subtle seduction in money and power that can easily lead a system in the course of holiness and godliness. Many movements that begin well have gone away from God. They have been seduced by power, popularity and prosperity. There is a tendency to change so that the trends may continue and we see this today in our churches. We see the spirit of this system. In ancient times, it was common for prostitutes to wear identification so that prospective customers could recognize them. This system is identified by God as the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. When we speak of Babylon, many people immediately think of a city, and it is a city located in the country of Iraq. Babylon, the city, was once the grandest capital of the most powerful nation in the world. Today, it is abandoned by everyone but archaeologists and historians. But Babylon is also a system. Babylon is described as the system from which every false religion system in the world originates. That is what the title mother implies. The Babylonian system first appears in Genesis 11 verses one through nine. The city was called Babel then and was founded by a very wicked man named Nimrod. The people of Babel decided to build, build themselves a tower so that they could leave their mark on the world. Genesis 113 through 4 the flood was fresh in their minds and they wanted to leave their mark on the world. This tower was not designed to reach into heaven as some think. This tower was was designed to be a temple of heaven and the constellations were placed on the top of this tower. The men climbed it to worship the heavenly bodies this tower and the religion it represents is the first of many false religions started by man. They were the first false religionists, but they would not be the last. However, the same seeds of humanism and pride that are found in their attempt at forming their own religion can be found in every religion founded by man. And every religion has been founded by man other than we Baptists. We can trace our, our roots right back to Jesus. and No one else can. God judged these people for their rebellion and for their foolish worship. Just as he judged them, he will one day judge all the false religions of the world. This is what we see here in Revelation 17. This chapter clearly reveals what will happen to the false religions of this world at the end of the tribulation period. Many of our common religious practices have their roots in ancient Babylon. Things like Easter eggs, and unicorns, and the circle of life, and yin and yang, and Christmas trees, in other words, have their their origins in ancient Babylon. Then we see the slaughter of this system. This system of belief is responsible for the deaths of every saint of God who has ever died at the hands of false religion. From the death of Abel, to the prophets, to the early Christian martyrs, to the martyrs of Inquisition, all the way to the millions of martyrs of the tribulation and everything in between. Every single death can be laid at the feet of the Babylonian harlot. She is responsible for the death of God's children and she will be judged for her bloodthirsty ways." And then we see the Babylonian harlot described in verses 7 through 15. I'm sorry, we've just looked at that. In verses 7 through 15 we see the Babylonian system demystified. The verses we are about to consider are among uh, some very, very confusing uh, verses in the Bible. I don't claim to have all the answers, I'll tell you that, but I hope that I can make them make a little more sense to you today. We see the beast demystified. As I said, these are confusing verses. Verse 8 refers refers to the miracle of the Antichrist's death and resurrection. Whether his death and resurrection is real or faked, it doesn't matter. The result will be the same. Most of the lost people of the world will believe the miracle and will follow the Antichrist. Verse 10 refers to the seven great world kingdoms. Five are already passed in John's days, that's Egypt, Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. One was ruling then, that's Rome, and one was yet to come, and that's the kingdom of the Antichrist. Verse 11 refers to the reign of the Antichrist. He will be a world leader but after the miracle of his death and resurrection, he will become a ruler of the world. But his judgment is set in stone. Even with all his power and popularity, the Antichrist is headed for perdition. The word perdition simply means utter destruction. Verses 12-13, the benefactors will be domestified. These two verses refer to ten kings who will give their allegiance and power to the Antichrist. In return, he gives them great power and authority. These kings are wholly committed to the reign of the Antichrist. They are given a kingdom, but their reign will be short-lived. It'll be just for one hour. (laughs) We see the battle demystified. As we mentioned in our last study, the nations of the world under the direction of Antichrist and his kings will gather to do battle with Jesus Christ at Armageddon. They are fighting a losing battle because they are foolish enough to attack the Lamb. The Lamb they attack is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He will destroy them with the words of his mouth. And we, we, riding those white horses, will get to uh, be with him. We'll, we'll get to be with him, but we'll... We'll look at that a little later on. This verse also refers to those who are with the Lamb when he does battle with the world. And again, these are called the faithful and chosen, and uh, that's us, the bride of Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to watch the Lamb do battle and shout for him as he claims victory over all his enemies. What a day that will be. My favorite song. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. I know I can't sing, but what a glorious day that's going to be. And then we see the Babylonian harlot destroyed. We see the reality of the harlot's destruction. After the Antichrist and his minions use the harlot to achieve power, they will turn on her. When they have reached the pinnacle of success, they have no more need of a religious system. They turn on the harlot and they totally destroy her. Why? What's the reason for the harlot's destruction? The Antichrist and his followers do not know it, but they are merely doing the will of our Lord. He is the one who puts it in their hearts to destroy the Babylonian religious system. God uses these wicked men to carry out his will against false religion. God hates false religion, by the way. In the end of the world, he will use the ungodly to destroy the ungodly. Organized religion is a disgrace to God. When ritual, tradition, and the doctrines of man take preeminence over the Lord God, it is a false worship, and I could name names, but I won't. It does not matter what name they have on their door. It does not matter what they claim to be. When anything or anyone but Jesus Christ is a center of attention, it is a false religion and it will be destroyed one day by God. When the tribulation period ends, all false religion will have been destroyed. This will pave the way for the millennial reign of Jesus he will usher in a 1,000 year period of time when people will worship no one but him, not openly anyway. And so, did you know that man is a religious creature? That's right, all people worship something. Everyone believes something. Even the person who claims to be an atheist believes in his unbelief. I tried to explain that to a guy here out door knocking and and, it didn't work too well. When it is all said and done, this thing comes down to just two simple choices. Jesus Christ or false religion. Every belief system in the world that does not center on the Lord Jesus is a false system of belief. It is a false religion. How can I say that? Listen to this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. John 14:6. Listen to this. Acts 4:12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. and just one more john eight twenty four I said, therefore unto you that ye shall die in your sins, for if ye believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. That's not my word, my friends. that is God's word. So what is it with you? Is it Jesus? or are you locked into a religious system, a religion? I tell folks, look, at, I don't like religion either, but I do like a relationship. Do not be satisfied, do not be satisfied about joining a church or to be baptized. This does not get you anywhere. Do not be satisfied to get your name on the role of some religious organization. This won't help you either. Do not be satisfied with anything less than believing on Jesus Christ and him alone for your salvation because Jesus is the only way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Anything else, anything else, anything else is just religion. Anything less than our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is a prescription for hell. One day, one day God will judge and do away with false religion. Be sure that you are not in a false religion. Be sure that you are in Jesus Christ. are you, my friends? Until next time, keep looking up and listening for the show. J. Michael back. All this sounds like another Marvel comic book movie. Yes, the end game is about to be played out, but I can guarantee that Thanos is not the villain here. And you do not want to be around when this destruction happens. In our next lesson, we will learn of the destruction of this great harlot. Until then, keep looking up!